One, two, a one, two, three, four. Brad and Ned at the 55. Brad and Ned at the 55. Who's at the 55? It's Brad and Ned. I Here we are. Oh, the Ned and Brad singers. Can you believe they did that on one take? You know, I can't. I no, can't, and, and in incredible. fact, they didn't. They that didn't. I actually, so you, I actually kept them back from school today to, <laughs> to perfect that. Get that done. But they're professionals. So you know you're a professional podcast when you have your own theme music. Damn right. And and when you have like professional singers like that doing it. <laughs> you won't be buttressing into copyright issues with that, I don't think. I don't think so unless my kids turn out to be real. Quite, they could be quite litigious. Yeah. That's hard yeah. to say. So, welcome it's nice to be back. Ned oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. By um, the way, yes. That's yeah. what you're listening Ned and Brad to. at the 55 is what you're listening to. Uh, hosted by Bradley, the fighting vehicle Bates. <laughs> and Ned, the uh, the Pontiac uh, Acadian Fox. <laughs> well done. Well done, sir. So, uh, we second podcast. We've got some stuff to talk about today. We, we have some stuff to talk about. We have some things to apologize for last time. So, we, yes. we've gotten some feedback from our <laughs> listeners and... Your mom doesn't pull her punches? No. Well, apparently we were one. I was 100% wrong on my predictions for the weekend semifinal games. Shameful. Yes, horrible. So uh, let's talk about the West. Uh, All right. Western semifinal first, uh, Edmonton and Winnipeg. I think the better game. Yeah, definitely. I think the better game too. Yeah. So can we just begin here as so, so with my, my sports ignorance, but I need to say something that needs to be said right now. By all means. I think Winnipeg has the best uniform. I the really gold like helmet. the gold helmet, the just the plain blue jersey yeah. with no like silly like go faster stripes yeah. or those weird under the it's arm a bit patches. Too, with the oh, I love helmet. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, the old varsity W. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I love it. I think yeah. it looks great. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I... So fashion wise, I think we can declare them the winners, <laughs> the winners? and move on to the East. But in a much more accurate way, <laughs> yes, yes. they were the losers. So I had predicted Edmonton, or sorry, Winnipeg win. Uh, not the case. No. Uh, and, and, and when you, when you watch the game, it was like, why would anybody fucking predict that, that Winnipeg would win this in, game? In hindsight. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in you hindsight, it, you're an idiot. Yeah. When you look at it and I, and I thought of it after the fact too. I mean, the worst human being. It was a, <laughs> take it down. Worse than Hitler. <laughs> it was a, not a great, uh, prediction when you think about it, because, uh, Edmonton, as we discussed last week, Edmonton's like a tale of two seasons, eh? Like, you know, they start off seven wins and a bunch of injuries and losing a bunch of games. All those injured players are now coming back healthy. And they've, I think, won four in a row now or five in a row with these healthy players. Obviously, they're rolling. They're the hot hand. And, yeah, I mean, Winnipeg, their defensive secondary, like the passes down the field. Uh, brutal man, like wide open uh, Edmonton players, wide open. Yeah, players. that was like the thing that you noticed. Players. It was like, like, what was their defense doing? Oh, nothing. Like, didn't even show up, and just like literally blown coverage assignments. It looked, yeah, like. it was almost like you know. I they were probably like like dazzled by how stylish their uniforms were. <laughs> <present. laughs> that's, that's don't classic. I look good? I'm so busy looking in the mirror. Yeah. I don't have time to cover yeah. my uh, my whiteout. So um, yeah, yeah, a bit of a, I guess in hindsight, not a surprise. Yeah, really, when you think of it, because they looked. So much better. They did. And uh, so they're going to be rolling into Calgary next week. And your prediction? <sighs> yeah, let's get a prediction on the front end. That's a tough one. No, nope, no, I don't care. Calgary's lost four in a row now going into Yeah, the what final. happened with that? 
Well, I mean, part of it's uh, like the last game of the season, they had clinched the playoffs. This the so they got playoff. lazy. They kind of got. They probably got too a bit much lazy. charcuterie. Well, they had the backup quarterback in. They yeah. put in some of the backup players, but I think prior to that. Uh, yeah, man. Like, they lost some legitimate games. Like, they legitimately lost some football games. Succulent meats and cheeses. There it It'll is. It. It's got to thin down a little bit, <laughs> yeah. boys. Yeah. So, uh, and again, Edmonton's looking hot coming in. I think Calgary is ripe for the picking. They are definitely the favored team. Uh, I'm not putting it, man. I'm going to take Edmonton on this one. I think so Edmonton you, rolls through to the great Cup. You heard it here first. Calgary rolls through. <laughs> yeah, here, Calgary <laughs> takes it. <laughs> You're like you're like Dewey that octopus. In <laughs> <laughs> you're the octopus in reverse, whatever the yeah, yeah that octopus on the World Cup. Uh, so let's talk about the other game, the hometown game. Oh, uh, man, I do know, we have tragic. to? Tragic. Yeah. Apparently, Grey Cup tickets are selling on Kijiji like so many fallen pieces of snow. Really? Uh, are they cheap? Oh, yeah, they're dropping. Yeah, very. I think a lot of people are turning. Uh, yeah, I've decided. Well, we're gonna flip these now. However, I definitely really was think... anybody like I don't know. I mean, I wasn't terribly hopeful. Uh, well, I mean, I was hopeful. I well, yeah, but you're, you've got a big heart. Yeah, I mean, legitimately, I mean, we can talk a bit about that game. I think you know one of the obvious ramifications of that game is Brad Sinopoli out. Yeah, for the rest of the season, and he's your he's your guy. He's my guy, and Greg Ellingson. Uh, I don't know your relationship with him. We're close. Yeah. It's just friendly. Yeah, yeah no, no, that's fine. That's uh, fine. But, uh, you know, um, injured, playing the entire game injured, didn't even yeah. play in the fourth quarter. So that is the league's number one receiver in Ellingson and the number three or four receiver in Sinopoli yeah. not playing. So that's, you know, 60% of your offense isn't on the field. And it showed, man. It really showed. I mean, the... Uh, but were the interceptions, like, were the interceptions the fault of... Faulty receivers, or was it? Yeah. Was so it honestly, <clears throat> I, I the think the quarterback. Yeah, I think what sometimes happens when you don't have those top-notch receivers out there, like you don't know the patterns or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Like the quarterback is forcing the throws a little more. Yeah. Um, you know, you like those guys when they're playing at the top, playing healthy and and playing well. Yeah. They're like security blankets. Like you know, oh, okay, I can thread the needle into Ellingson. I know he's going to pull it. You know, I uh, I can do this to Sinopoli. And with the guys, yeah, like one guy, Jay Hardy or Hartley was his name. I haven't heard of this guy before. Like he played his first game last night um, or yesterday afternoon. Uh, played well, but, yeah. you know, Calgary Dinos pickup, uh, almost unheard of. Like now, you know, because of these injuries, he's, you know, starting. He's like the number one uh, wideout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in this semifinal game, which is ridiculous. So what's the future of the, of the Red Blacks? With this, um, it's interesting because there's some free agency things coming up. So the quarterback, uh, yeah. Trevor Harris, he's up for free agency this year. Uh, so that's, But would, would, would anybody be like... You know, well, you know, he's got great numbers. Biden to put, he's got great numbers. Uh, he is a good quarterback. I think he needs okay, to mature so a little th- bit. This is it. Like, I mean, and I'm just going to admit my ignorance right Fire here and just be like, is he a good quarterback? Because, like, I mean, watching mm-hmm. the game, it was like, wow, that was an amazing play. Wow, that was a terrible play. Like yeah. it seemed to like sort of teeter totter so back and forth there. between. So there's like any one game is never like the sum of one play. Yeah. So again, I think if he had his top receivers in there, that would have made a bit of a difference. Now yeah. he is definitely he's not a rookie quarterback. No, he, you know, by he's no played means. a yeah. fair bit. He played in Toronto uh, a bit when Ricky Ray was injured uh, two years ago. Last year under 
he was second to Burris. Yeah. But he played quite a few games, like when yeah. Burris got injured. And then he's had the starting job all this season. Um, but he is... I think he rushes the plays a bit. He rushes the throws a bit. And you can kind of do that with Ellingson and Sinopoli. With some of the other receivers, you can't do it. Um, so, but I think it's something he'll grow into. So, like, so you think there's a feature with... Uh, oh, I definitely think so. I think, Harris. yeah, if they're not going to give him the... I mean, free agency numbers in the CFL. Like, I have no idea what, what it, Yeah, What is there free not, agency in the CFL? Yeah, when you've only got huge. nine teams, it's yeah. not like there's, like, but the, you know, wolves nipping yeah, at your heels but or the, whatever. the salary cap is there, too. So, I mean, the team needs to make... You know, but, like, but there's no... The, real other option there's only yeah. so many quarterbacks bouncing around this league and a team like montreal for instance with darian durant who's like 39 years old or something they would love to pick him yeah okay you know yeah. they would love to pay the money and get him in so uh, i think the red blacks do need to keep him i think they should keep him uh he's probably the biggest question on free agency the the bigger issue i think and it was very obvious watching that game saturday as it has been a bit obvious through the season their defensive secondary, like big play yeah. uh, defense, horrible. Like their corners are not strong. Like, you know, uh, Saskatchewan was, was uh, Kevin Glenn was throwing the football, big chunks of yards, 20, 30 yards at a time. This was happening all season. Guys in double coverage and they're still not picking up the play. So I feel like there's some gaps in that defensive secondary that need to be filled. Is this is this a problem across the board with the league? Like I mean, again, yeah. minimize, but like like watching Only watching so the Edmonton uh, Winnipeg game, it's like yeah. wow, you left like their main receiver yeah. wide open. Yeah, you, I know. Like if, those... if there was anyone you were going to cover, you would think it would be the guy who scored three <laughs> touchdowns. That would be an obvious choice. Yeah, this is like the classic kind of reality between the NFL and the CFL. Yeah. So the NFL, as we've discussed, maybe not on the podcast but drinking in other yeah, venues. Yeah, absolutely. In uh, our... is, is the NFL is a system, eh? So these guys are well-drilled. Like, they know their assignments flawlessly. And they never make... They make errors, but it's very rare. Whereas the CFL, like, yeah, they're well-drilled. Play by their gut. But it's less of... Almost. Like, yeah. it's almost like U.S. college A little play. hunchback of the office told me. It's yeah. a little little rolly, a little freewheelinger. Yeah. And that does allow for blown coverages and things okay. like this. So... Um, Should we accept the level these flaws co- for like a, a, a more amusing, amusing, entertaining uh, podcast? Or, or not, a, or not no. podcast, but but like for, for yeah, like a freer game. Like, I mean, yeah, does it, I does it make for a better game to have like these occasional it's flaws more, in the system? I would tend to agree. I think that's why. I mean, people always call the CFL more fun than yeah. the NFL. Yeah, because but you never like, know what's going to happen. You know, like crazy stuff happens yeah. all the time, and it's because of. Stuff like this. It's yeah. less of a system. They're less drilled. It's more freewheeling. Uh, and But the result is when you're watching a team you want to watch, or want to watch win, sorry, and you see the blown coverages and like mm. the guys sucking in the defense secondary, like, what the hell? You're still getting paid for this. You know? So the Ottawa game was very, sorry, the Ottawa, the Ottawa um, Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan game, was, game was deeply frustrating. It especially was. because it started out... It like, started out so oh, good. Oh, this is going to be such a great Oh, great I thought, game. like... And then it was just, no. This is going to be a shootout. No. Yeah. And it just, it did not happen. No, no. They never recovered. And I think that was the other piece on defense. I I mean, no expert at all. Not 
No one's hiring me sorry, as a defensive sorry. coordinator. Between, am, between the two, two of us, us you are the expert. Because yeah. I am the microphone, so you better be the <laughs> That's fucking That's how expert. this works. <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, defensively, I would have put more pressure on Kevin Glenn. Yeah. You didn't see the Red Blacks blitz hardly at all. Yeah. Uh, you didn't see them like do any sort of pass rush. They basically dropped off and played like a zone defense because, I mean... The cup runneth over for the Rough Riders. Uh, as much as Saskatchewan was missing their top shelf receivers, yeah. Saskatchewan had all of them there. Roosevelt, um, uh, Bags, uh, I forget the other, Carter. Like, these guys are great. Thick Pen. Uh, Thick Pen, yeah, they're running back. But again, yeah. like crushing runs, too. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing. You, so Thick Pen isn't a receiver. I just saw him, like, see, well, he seems to be. He can, like, okay, but, yeah. know, like, which is not uncommon in the CFL yeah. that you'll. You'll have a running back drop into a receiver position, yeah. like a short yardage receiving position. But uh, so I think the Red Blacks were assuming, like, concerned, like, well, we have to cover these guys. Yeah. So let's drop everyone back, you know, for zone oh, okay. defense. So, so nobody's pushing So no on one's it. rushing, yeah. putting any pressure on, on Durant. And that's a killer because these guys ended up getting open. Uh, or in the case of Thigpen, who you mentioned, yeah. you know, he you've got no one in the box. He, he springs out uh, of you know, on a handoff and he's, well, in that one case ran like a 40 yard touchdown return. eh? Yeah. So, or 40 yard touchdown uh, run. So I think um, a little more aggression by the defense at the, at the line of scrimmage would have been a better call, a better option, but yeah. It's well, you heard it here that. first, uh, red blacks, uh, <laughs> defensive coordinator. Yeah. yeah. should have been yeah. more aggressive. What's wrong with you, man? Get your act together. God so, um, but yeah, so now we've got Saskatchewan advancing. Okay, so how's, how's Saskatchewan going to do? You know, I think they look really good. Yeah. And what they have been doing in the last few games and they didn't do in this game was they'll start uh, Kevin Glenn, who is, again, a bit seasoned. <laughs> you know, he's, you know, he's been around the block a bit. A little turmeric, a little, uh, a little yeah, yeah. You know, he's yeah, a little garlic he's salt and generally the, yeah. having dinner at five thirty. Yeah, yes, yes. Getting the early bird special in. <laughs> Get off my lawn! <laughs> you know, angry is what he's shouting. <laughs> and uh, and so, uh, but looked really good because again, the Red Blacks didn't pressure him, so he didn't yeah. have to scramble. He didn't have to run. He just could sit in the pocket and throw. That's how so I what like they've to been do doing is when they've been faced with uh, someone forcing him to run. And if if they're getting to him a lot, they'll they'll uh, take him out and put in their backup quarterback, who's actually a Canadian, which is very rare in Canadian football to have a Canadian quarterback, uh, Brandon Bridge, who's can, from Brampton. Can Brampton. we digress a little bit? And how much I know there's there's minimum rules on Canadianness, yeah, Canadianity like 50% in the almost, is it fifty yeah. percent? I think it's somewhere in there. But yeah. but amongst like the the players that you're going to be aware of on the field. Well, I mean, so Sinopoli... Yeah, Sinopoli is, is the yeah. obvious choice. Um, uh, yeah, there's actually a lot of very good Canadians in the yeah. CFL, like in, in skilled positions, too. It was, for a while, uh, in the 80s, I think, and 90s, you saw, like, basically offensive, defensive line. Like, big, yeah. fat guy. Yeah, yeah, big, yeah. That's your Canadian concept. But the right skill now. the skill positions. Skill players were all Americans. Now you're seeing yeah. more and more uh, skilled Canadians. Yeah, skilled at the wide receiver position. And now with, with Brandon Bridge, you, you've got this guy. Seriously, next year, if the Rough Riders go deep and if and if the Rough Riders win the Grey Cup, much like Harris last year, I think you'll see Kevin Glenn retire. He's never won a Grey Cup yet, all his years in the league. Yeah. And so if he wins a Grey Cup, he retires. And Saskatchewan has a great opportunity with Brandon Bridge. I think a great 
uh, quarterback. He's proven himself to be very scampery uh, with a strong arm and a Canadian. So it'd be first time in a long time that you'd have a starting Canadian quarterback, uh, not just like a backup, where there is his backup Canadian quarterbacks, but a starting Canadian quarterback. So whereas in the last few games, Saskatchewan's done that, like they've moved in bridge to come in and fill in for Glenn when Glenn's getting too much pressure. Yeah. In this game, they didn't even have to do that because Ottawa just was not pressuring Glenn enough. So, um, but that's an option they can do in Toronto. Uh, and that's an option Toronto doesn't have. Ricky Ray, their only starter. How old is that guy? Yeah, again, like uh, seasoned. He has won some great yeah. cups in Edmonton. Uh, been around a bit, but he looks great this year. Like he looks so strong this year. And he actually looks fairly quick on his feet, too. He looks older than either of us, though. Yeah, he is. He's definitely... Uh, That's no reason to judge a person. But I'm going to judge him. I hope not. No, no, (laughs) no. I'm going to judge him on that. Because I think he's bolder than me. So, which, so although his athletic prowess and football abilities could exceed be mine, could be better. I have yeah. slightly more hair. And yeah, I'm going to run with that. You've got to, you got to take these moments. Damn right. Yes, I do. Crush them, man. Yes, I do. Uh, so, okay. So, so next week, so next week that game, um, you know, I think Saskatchewan pushes through on that one. Yeah. So you're you're expecting a, an all an Western, Western breakup? Break yeah, first time. That would be history. But Saskatchewan is just, again, much like Edmonton, has a hot hand right now. Uh, they've won a lot of games going in. They beat Calgary in one of those last four games I mentioned that Calgary lost. Yeah. They had they crushed Calgary in that game. They looked dominant over Ottawa uh, yesterday. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, they I mean, did. and if Glenn yeah. gets pressured, if the defense comes to him, then they put in this young uh, Canadian. Scamp and he can get out of that stuff. Skittery feet. And he can just run, yeah. you know. So they've got so many options offensively. Um, you know, I, 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 it's hard to say because I would have liked to have seen it this weekend, like the like a high-scoring running gun yeah, game yeah, yeah. and exciting, and we didn't see that. A little bit in the Western one, definitely not in the Eastern. I thought the Western one was pretty good. It was like, a I enjoyed that game. one much yeah. more. It was a much more. Game. Just because the, the Eastern one started me off thinking, oh my God, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> and then it just went. And, and then it was just, second oh, quarter. Wow, the game was of, over at yeah, the second quarter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a lot of interesting. Whereas the, the, the Western uh, semi was actually the, lost in the third quarter when the Winnipeg tried to fake a punt. Yes. Deep, yes. Yeah, deep in their end. And like yes. it's a stupid play. Like you're, I think you were. They were losing eleven ten. Yeah. At that stage or something like this. I can't remember what the score was, but they're basically like they're well in this football. Yeah, yeah. Like it's and basically then, a tie yeah. game. Don't yeah. You don't need to panic. You're early yeah. in the third quarter. You've got all the time in the world. You're deep in your own. Just like this isn't like a normal yeah. game. This is semifinal. You've got yeah. to win this. And what do they do? They fake the punt. They don't get. They get caught on it. Done. Because there was a, there was an article in in Slate uh, the past I don't know few days about how like in, in the NFL coaches are getting more and more willing at sort of like fourth and short. Oh, yeah, to actually to go, go for, for it. it. Oh really? And, and like this is this is the new trend, and it's yep. like people are being more and more aggressive. And that's interesting. And like this is a benefit. You know, the NHL is improving because of this. Yeah, you're Football right. On the yeah. CFL, it's like yeah. Hey! <laughs> If we could, yeah, yeah. we would. Yeah. <laughs> so you had this uh, fake up this fake punt, punt our, like, and our ten yard line. And the best part was the guy they faked the punt to, the running back for Winnipeg, Flanders is his last name. Stupid Flanders. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say that. Hey, guy hey, was hey. awesome. Uh, yeah, tough, uh, tough. I don't think a very smart call 
Uh, there's no reason to panic at this stage. You're in this football game. Why they did it, and then it just went down deep in their end. So Edmonton gets a turnover on downs at Winnipeg's 30-yard line, and they scored on that. Like they scored in minutes after that, and the momentum just changed by that game. So they never, they never really recovered yeah. from it. So, um, so yeah. But I think for the first time, you'll see an all-Western uh, great cup. Is this for the first time? Yeah, yeah. So I, at one time. Uh, Winnipeg, for before Ottawa got back in the league, yeah. Winnipeg was actually in the East. Yeah, it was. I remember. Yeah, that. I remember. And so that. there was a crossover to play Winnipeg, but Winnipeg beat whoever I forget who crossed over, yeah. and uh, and so Winnipeg, and I think it was BC that year played in the Grey Cup. That would be arguably all Western Grey Cup, but Winnipeg was actually in the Eastern Conference. Also, interestingly, best uniforms yes. versus worst uniforms. Uh, like that, that like high so vis orange. Oh, the uh, BC, uh, BC oh, lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the? Do they? Play, That's a podcast right do, there. Yeah. Do they what play do? a lot of games alongside like busy thoroughfares that they need <laughs> to be? Pilots. Hold on here. Stop playing. Like oh, what through, is? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. It's like one of their guys should have a sign that says "Stop and Slow." <laughs> the. Uh, yeah, Winnipeg best uniform. Who do you think has Winnipeg's best uniform? Oh, I hands BC's down. Like, I'm, oh, BC, that color is just awful. Yeah, where do you land on? Uh, I don't like Montreal's that blue. It's all, red, it's all, it's all, it's all mucked together. It's like, yeah, yeah. You know, a coat of yeah. it's like Joseph's Technicolor dream. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, which I, I I went to see an amateur production of the other day. Amateur productions of anything, generally. This, was, this was a particularly amateur <laughs> Particularly amateur? Awesome. The worst part was I took I took my younger, crotch-punchier son mm. uh, to, to see it. And and he was good at first. He was he was into it. But, man, it just sort of drags on. And then at the end, they, like, summarize every single song they did in, like, one long, uh, what, do, <laughs> what do you call it, medley of... Mono- m- montage. Yeah, yeah, montage. Exactly. Of every song they did. And, and he was, like, freaking indignant. He's seven years old. He's like, they already sang these songs. And I'm like, I know. I know. I'm just as pissed off as you are. I'm angry that get I, out of here. I'm angry. I signed yeah. up for this too. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Montreal, the amazing Technicolor. Yeah. Number coats. two uniforms. I like, I like, um, uh, I like uh, Hamilton. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. Yeah. The I block, mean, they've, they've kind yeah. of stolen. Is there, is there a reason that Hamilton Steel Town and Pittsburgh Steel Town look very both similar? Have, look very That's a good question. I've never. Yeah. You're 100 percent right. I've never really thought about that before. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, I like. Yeah, because like, they I do like look the, very like similar the, to Pittsburgh. The economic ties between. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I take a Pittsburgh. Marxist analysis of. Uh, <laughs> that's a that's a new level of analysis. Yeah, yeah, that the yeah. CFL uh, just doesn't. Uh, have no, no, not the CFL. Just the CFL uniforms. Just CFL yeah, uniforms. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think okay, uh, yes. we've covered um, the the weekend semifinals. We've got the great. Uh, we've got the finals next week. So I'm gonna go. Uh, so far, my record is horrible. I'm yep. going to go with Saskatchewan uh, is going to face Edmonton. Saskatchewan versus Edmonton. That's right. But our podcast is not over yet. No, it's this, not. This was an important weekend. It, really? I've forgotten why. <laughs> wink, wink. wink uh, yes. November the 11th was this weekend, Remembrance Day here in Canada. Uh, what did you do on Remembrance Day? Remembrance Day, I went out to Manatic. Okay. Uh, so I usually I usually go downtown uh, on my own um, for for the ceremony and uh, stand at the back of a very large crowd and listen to a usually deficient sound system yeah. uh, telling me what's going on, what I can't see. So I thought this time I would 
go to a smaller ceremony and sort of be be part, be part of, of the, it. Yeah. N- not part of the action exactly, no, but, but yeah, it yeah, feels yeah, a be more part intimate. of it. Yeah. yeah, and it was it was a success. Good. Manitic does a lovely ceremony, and nice. I brought my family with me. Good. And it was it was very nice. And what did you do? I went to a local ceremony here as well in the neighborhood, uh, a bit bigger, uh, the National Military Cemetery. But uh, again, I'm the same. I'm same with you. Like you go to the the National uh, Service downtown, and like twenty thousand people, and yeah, you know, it's just kind of faceless. Whereas the local ones, I like quite a bit. Uh, yeah, it was good. It was nice actually. Uh, but that's going to be so. This is the first time in uh, Ned and Brad at the 55. We have a theme. We actually have a theme. We're going to yeah. start having themes uh, as well as talking about the games, and we're going to talk a bit about the CFL. Primarily in World War Two. Now, during World War One, definitely the leagues, uh, and it wasn't really. We should probably caveat this. It wasn't really a CFL that we know of today. There wasn't a CFL, but there was a Grey Cup. And there, there was, was a Grey Cup, exactly. Yeah. And so, and the league and the teams challenged for it. There was kind of there was Eastern Western League. So, you know, the trappings of a CFL existed even in World War One. Yeah. Uh, many of the players uh, joined, uh, went overseas in the First World War. Many were killed. But we're going to focus on the Second World War. So be- before we get to that, I believe in 1915, they actually suspended the CFL you're in right. 1915 until, I think, 1920. I, you're absolutely right, they did. Yeah. Which is actually a good segue into what the, the, what the uh, well, league or the, the challengers for the Grey Cup decided to do. During the Second World War. Yeah. So same thing happened in 1942. Uh, League suspended play because so many guys were joining the armed services. They were gone. Uh, there wasn't enough players to play these games. But I think for, uh, from what I can tell, morale, almost more morale reasons. Yeah. <clears throat> the, um, the League decided that we're going to keep playing. Yeah, so it wasn't exactly the league. I think it was actually because I, I think it's a little artificial to say that there was a league You're even after right. this point. There really was. There were like, league. and this is an interesting thing because in, you know, there, there were, a variety. I and I I don't have a complete grasp yeah. on exactly what they were. There were a variety of organizations who sort of coalesced into or sort of like came into a single pyramid that 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 apexed at the Grey Cup. So you had like the the interprovincial, had, interprovincial football rugby union. Yeah, you had the Ontario Ontario football you had rugby the union, Quebec rugby union, the, and then there was, there was a Western the, one. There was a Western one. There was a Winnipeg City League, actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which didn't, which wasn't going to challenge for the Grey Cup, but the Winnipeg Bombers stayed in that league. Yeah. But what you ended up happening was these these leagues, these national or regional leagues ended up forming military teams. Yes, exactly. So, uh, made up of guys, not all of the teams would be made up of, of military players. There were still some civilians, but not many. Most of these guys were actively serving in the armed forces. And interestingly... And I think it was the military that was the impetus. Like, I agree, yeah. Like, after, after 41. The 41, I think, was the last, last great cup where it was a civilian great cup. And everybody thought they were going to do what they <laughs> what they did in, like, 1915, which is just fold up and, like, let's wait for the war to end. Yeah. And the military was like, no, you know, what will be a great idea? And I guess the Air Force must have taken the lead in this because so many of these teams were RCAF teams. Huge. Either that or the Army guys were actually, you know. <laughs> actually overfighting. Over, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Air Force doing what it does yeah. best. So this started in 42. Yeah. Uh, Ned, you've looked into a bit of, uh, so this culminated in a great cup. So actually, I'm just going to name out some of the teams yeah. that existed in the uh, regional leagues that would now be the CFL that would challenge for the great cup that year. 
the Toronto RCAF Hurricanes. Great team. The Hamilton Flying Wildcats, known as the Flying Wildcats. Most of the players were in the RCAF. The Toronto HMCS, uh, Her Majesty's Canadian Ship, for our non-military listener. Uh, HMCS York Bulldogs. <sighs> Uh, the Ottawa Classic. RCAF Uplands, which was the right, local just, just military the, base. Yeah. And then in the Winnipeg City League at that time, you had the Winnipeg Bombers, which still existed as a league. But they ended up morphing into a, uh, I think, Flying Bombers, they were called, or RCF Bombers. There was the Winnipeg RCF Flyers. And then there was like a number 13 gunnery training school as well some of these teams should have put a little more thought into their <laughs> yeah, names lot, but uh, at the same it. time you 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 got to respect their candor so the uh gray cup that year ended up with uh oh actually no and there was a western final sorry there was regina navy as well yes that's the that's regina, the one i remember because it's just hilarious because it's the <laughs> regina landlocked navy. Yes, province yes. on earth but oh a... hmcs none such <laughs> yeah exactly I think it's HMCS Queen is actually a vagina. Where's Nunsuch? It's, Nunsuch? Is it Saskatoon? Uh, there, it's, no, it's definitely, Star. or is it Edmonton? It's like, it's, it's, it's somewhere on the prairies. Yeah, it's there, on there's, the prairies. There's yeah. Nunsuch and it's, so it's a ship on the prairies. You had a Western final that was uh, Regina Navy losing to the Winnipeg RCAF Bombers. Uh, 13 to 6. So is there a relationship between the Winnipeg RCF Bombers and our current Blue Bombers? Like it, Absolutely. So the Winnipeg Blue Bombers existed prior to. Oh, okay. And, but the, that team, like all the other teams, just shut down. But obviously Bomber yeah. is an airplane. So, so it became an RCAF team. So does the Blue Bombers name pre-exist like the From what connection tell, between yes. Winnipeg and the Air Force. Yes, it does, actually. Oh, yeah, which okay. is interesting. So yeah. the Winnipeg Jets, I mean, the Winnipeg Jets now with their new logo, definitely, is like, yeah. it's like they make explicit yeah. the connection. But. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So you had a, um, so you ended up having a uh, Grey Cup. Uh, so this would be the first Grey Cup of this new military format. Uh, Ned, do you know who played in that? Uh, it was, it was, um, Toronto Hurricanes, RCAF Hurricanes, Hurricanes. and, uh, I want to say Winnipeg. Yes, the Winnipeg RCAF Bombers. Yeah. Two Air Force teams, and who won that, that game? I think it was Toronto. It was. 8-5, yeah. 8-5. That's a, that's a, could be a baseball game, for Christ's sake. (laughs) So that That would be a hell of a baseball game. Some of the players, uh, just noting up here, uh, Petty off, or sorry, pilot officer Bobby Culture, pilot officer Tony Gullab, who actually played, uh, uh, who actually, no, these are some of the uh, all stars for the year. Uh, pilot officer Tony Gullab. Tony Gullab went on to play with the Ottawa Rough Riders afterwards and uh, had a very long career uh, in the CFL. Um, this continued, this format continued uh, throughout the Second World War. And in 1944, there was an interesting uh, game. Uh, that that happened an interesting great cup <clears throat> so you ended up having uh, a final between a navy team and an air force team finally the navy finally, gets in the there navy, yes. yeah regina navy didn't make it ah <clears throat> but they were um in 1944 you had a game you had a great cup uh the quebec league uh advanced the team through hmcs donnacona st hyathan Played in the Grey Cup in 1944 Grey Cup. <coughs> Donacona is Montreal? Uh, Montreal, I believe, yeah. yeah. Okay. Playing against the RCAF Wildcats from Hamilton. This game, uh, apparently, so I was reading a bit about these games. These Grey Cup games were still getting like 15,000 people. Yeah, I was games. looking. In fact, I, I sent you, not that 
not that you know our listener Brad's mom. Where does I I uh, no I didn't send you, but I meant to send you. Like like they've got the breakdown of all the the attendance stats for it's for incredible. All the breakout. Like the numbers. There's are... more people attending the Great Cup during World War Two yes. than there is now. Yes. almost. It was yes, there is. Except for this game, this 1944 game between uh, HMCS Donnacona St. Hyathan and uh, the RCAF uh, Wildcats of Hamilton, only 7,000 people came to this. 7,000? Yeah, because apparently the, like the... The, the Donnaconas were notorious cheats? Well, no, they were kids. Like, no one, had, they had no professionals on the team, or very few professionals. The, uh, the, the Hamilton team had some very notable players. Uh, Joel King Kroll... Yeah, uh, Joe uh, Joe Kroll would go on to play for years uh, in the CFL and have a, a remarkable career playing with um, the Argonauts and the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, he was, uh, I think, from what I can tell, like close thing to a household name in Canadian yeah. football at that time. He was in the Air Force during the Second World War, and he played with the with the Wildcats. There was numerous uh, like semi pro players in uniform playing for the Wildcats. And the Navy team from uh, Montreal had, like, just kids. And, in fact, it's amazing yeah. they did have kids. Like, yeah. they had to fill out their roster with kids from high schools. Well, actually, this is this is the thing I was looking at. Like, we, we were both looking at, and I think this is probably a good uh, moment to, to do a shout-out to CFLpedia. CFLpedia, yes. That was, has been the source of, of pretty much all our knowledge you on, know, and, on this subject. And it's a great, just, and we're going to keep digressing here, it's a great little source because uh, I love the newspaper clippings. Yes, yeah, and that's the thing, and, right? And so, anybody so who's listening, I go to that website. The newspaper clippings yeah. are great. So, yeah. so you go to the website, you click the year you're interested in, and it'll give you the breakdown of the, the sort of the most relevant stats. But it also has a link to newspaper articles. You click on that, and yeah, they've they've done an amazing job. So, uh, so a shout out to those guys. Absolutely. But but reading those articles, it's interesting. Like, because I mean, it's just like a it's a you know it's a a, a scan essentially of a, of a page of you know a, a newspaper from that time, <coughs> and you've got the article that that you're you're linking to. But they've also got all the sort of ancillary articles. So one of the articles yeah. I was looking at that was sort of connected to it was about this this big scandal. Or I don't know if it was a scandal, but controversy at the time about about passports because it was about hockey. Oh, okay. And, and like and like kids from from upstate New York coming into the United uh, coming from the United States into Canada, uh, you know, between the ages of twenty one and twenty five, right. and apparently there must have been restrictions on on kids that age, males that age, leaving the country. So so there was so, this huge like. Yes. And huge, maybe, maybe overstating it, but there was there was an existing controversy over you know how how athletes could could cross the border because you know they were they were restricted in their movements because right. they were they were open for uh, conscription. Oh, interesting. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They would have been open. Yeah. For so, <clears throat> so we have a an interesting. And like I'm just reading the the uh, the um, uh, the headline, the banner headline. From the Montreal uh, Gazette, I think it is. Yeah, Montreal Gazette, uh, 27th November 1944. Tars beat Cats, win Grey Cup. That's amazing. So Tars, like sailors. Oh, okay, like yeah. Jackie yeah, Tars, yeah. the sailors, yeah. beat the Cats, being the, the Hamilton uh, RCAF Wildcats. Great stuff. Uh, this happened throughout, I think, up until 40... Well, then in the... I think at 45, the Civilian League started up again. Yeah. Um... And but for so for many years, if you go and if you ever anybody 
uh, is looking at the Grey Cup, which is a great trophy. Love the Grey Cup. Beautiful. Yeah. Like aesthetically, kind of very pleasing trophy. Uh, yeah, you will see these military teams uh, like the RCAF, uh, Toronto RCF Hurricanes, and the uh, HMCS uh, Donnacona St. Hyathan team. You will see them on the Grey Cup now, which is really quite interesting. But not all the players... Uh, not everybody stayed home to play football. Yeah. Uh, many guys went over, many uh, CFL, or not obviously CFL, but football players football, of the yeah. time. Let's just say CFL. Let's <clears> just we'll call it CFL. Canadian football players. Canadian yeah. football yeah, players. Uh, obviously ended up uh, in uniform overseas to uh, to serve in combat operations uh, over in Europe. And we're going to talk a, a little bit here just in our last closing minutes. So uh, uh, Dennis Whitaker. Dennis Whitaker was a... Um, uh, played for the Hamilton Wildcats, I think, because there was two teams in Hamilton. There was the, wasn't there the the, the, the Tigers, Tigers and the, the Wildcats. Yeah. yeah, and they ended up forming now. The and I don't know, Tiger I don't know Cats. when they they coalesced. I think after World War Two, yeah, when everyone came back. They they put back together. There seemed to have been a moment, sort of after World War Two, when a lot of like the the old. Like the, the sort of the pre-war teams, like Balmy Beach and yeah, like the died Sardia off. Imperials, and, and I think that's like, when you get the yeah. professional. Yeah, exactly. Back. Yeah. So Dennis Whitaker, uh, Dennis Whitaker would serve with the Royal uh, Hamilton Light Infantry. He would be the only officer from that regiment to make it back to England after the Dieppe raid. That's insane. Unbelievable. That's so. Just, I mean, a regiment yeah. of six hundred troops, uh, probably one hundred and fifty officers, maybe. Uh, not even, maybe. maybe yeah, not today, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was it. He was the only, or he was the senior ranking officer that made it back. Would go on to command the regiment during the Second World War and write a book, actually, about the Dieppe raid. Dennis Whitaker played for the Hamilton Wildcats prior to the, to the Second World War. And uh, while in Europe, uh, waiting for the invasion, after, D, after the Dieppe raid and before the landing in Normandy, having beers in a bar in London, <laughs> as they want to yes, do, yes, uh, yeah. and met up with an American and uh, got talking about football yeah. and the league. At that time, the Canadian and American games had split a bit, three downs, four downs. That had already happened. Now, had that happened already? That had happened, okay. yes. Yeah. So what they decided to do, let's have a football game, yeah. like a North American football game here in England against the Canadian Army and the American Army. Uh, Dennis Whitaker uh, briefed this up to the Canadian Army Command. They were into it. They scoured the Canadian Army in Europe looking for players. Yes. Uh, which they managed to scare up. Yeah. Uh, someone in, including this was a gentleman called Jeff uh, Nicklin, uh, who had played for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers prior to the Second World War and uh, joined the Winnipeg Rifles, ended up with the 1st Canadian Parachute Battalion. They played in uh, White City Stadium, which was a large stadium at the time. 30,000 people came to watch this football I, game. I, <laughs> like, so who... Yeah, I know. I'm just I'm just curious like what the what the makeup was. Was it was it sort of Londoners who were curious? So I think was it was it I think it was Canadian and Americans and American who were just soldiers, like there yeah, who were yeah. who were there, but like went on there to support their yeah, their respective yeah. country. Uh amazing game. Uh Whitis, Whitaker as quarterback, forty yard touchdown pass, uh midway through the game. And uh but Jeff uh Nicklin would uh score the final touchdown. Canada won that game sixteen six. February of 16, 19, 6. Oh, 16, that's 6, a... February of 1944. So, 
Were games lower scoring back I then? I think so, yeah. Definitely, they were. Yeah. The forward pass it, was kind it, of a novelty. So, is it because it was the absence of the forward pass? <laughs> yeah, it, so, it existed, was, but no one was really yeah. doing it. Because I was, I was looking at the rules, and I'm trying to understand, like, how, like what game were they playing? Because they're yeah. still calling themselves, you know, like, the, the Canadian Rugby Football Yeah, exactly. the Ontario so they were Rugby playing Football the, Union. The, the, the but rugby not, had separated. It was football at the time. It was football, yeah. But they were just incorporating the forward pass, so you do have less offense generated. Yeah. Okay. And I think you have less, uh, less, yeah. less touchdowns. So yeah, so you had a game uh, in Europe, in England, in February yeah. of '44 against Canada. US Canada won it. Later on, there would be a rematch. Uh, the Americans didn't screw around this time. Yeah. They actually went out and found every professional NFL player they could find. Well, there wouldn't have been an NFL. And the college. The, uh, yeah. No, there was an NFL. Wait, was there an NFL? There was a prof- well, there was an AFL and an a, a- uh, and an NFL. So oh, now it's AFC I thought, and I NFC. Oh, uh, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking of the Super Bowl. So, no, so, no, there was no Super Bowl. But there was a professional U.S. league. And on the they side, and we may need to go. When did professional uh, football 19, start? Oh, in the U.S.? In, in, the, in US. the 20s and 30s, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, I always yeah, yeah. thought common. it was just college. Yeah. No, 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 no. The These Gipper and all that. Professional players. Went out and scoured professional players. Uh, grabbed a whole bunch from the 29th U.S. Infantry Division, which would... Uh, which was the, the, and, the football division. Apparently it was, <laughs> actually. There was a lot of stars from that team who uh, played with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, yeah. And they went on to beat Canada 18-0 in the second matchup. So that game was probably rigged. That was whatever. a tough one. Yeah. Still, 50,000 people came out to the White City Stadium to see that game. Uh, incredible. So we're going to close off here real quick. Uh, Jeff Nicklin, though, we're not done talking about him. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Jeff Nicklin, uh, major uh, during the Normandy landings, parachuted yeah. into Europe with the 1st Canadian Parachute Battalion as uh, second in command of the battalion and the uh, headquarters company OC, uh, wounded in Normandy. And uh, by all accounts, uh, definitely took his football uh, moniker into action with him. So this will be the first of our our CFL readings. This is, yes, this is yes. Brad reading. So this is uh, this is a quote from uh, at that time Major Necklin uh, leading his troops uh, into their uh, C forty seven Dakota transports just before parachuting into Normandy. Okay, men, listen up. Now we're getting ready to get in there and slam those crowds around. I want to hear every man on his toes and totally up to scratch. No slackers, you hear? We're going to get in there and we're going to steamroller over those guys. We're not going to get done till it's over. You know the drill. <laughs> there goes the on way, and on. But that that is exactly the pep talk I gave the uh, Brad and Ned at the Fifty Five Singers immediately before immediately before recording. Jeff Nicklin would go on uh, to command the battalion after the Normandy uh, landing. The battalion was uh, suffered almost 50% casualties during oh the Normandy God. attack. Yeah. Uh, had to go be rebuilt in England. Uh, he ended up commanding it. His uh, disciplinary uh, approach as a football player and a football coach apparently really uh, brought the battalion together and sort of melded the old veterans in with the new uh, replacement troops. Uh, for their next assault, which was Operation Varsity, the yeah. drop into the Rhine, uh, and where Lieutenant Colonel Nicklin was killed in action. Um, uh, his parachute apparently was caught in, uh, in trees, and it, he was caught by a German soldier and killed. Lieutenant Colonel Jeff Nicklin, the uh, award for the most outstanding player in the CFL Western Division is now known as the Jeff Nicklin Memorial Trophy. Ned, let's wrap it up. How about it's clink? Clink. Lest we forget.